Hello and welcome to the Xbox World Strongcast for the last day of E3 and the last day of the week. The weekend is here, it is confirmed, it is, uh, it's going to be a good one. A lot to digest from the uh, from the last week at E3. We've had Matt on the show floor the entire week, staying up late every day to bring home the exclusive content you can only get here on the Xbox World Strongcast. Once again, he's live from LA. We're recording a little later than usual, which means this one's going up a little later than usual. Apologies for that. But Matt is uh, Matt has had a big day, seen some big games. Matt, what have you seen? Uh, well, lots and lots and lots. Uh, let's do what I did yesterday because that kind of worked quite well. I'll just run through uh, on a game by game basis. So I started off. Um, well, first of all, after our strong cast recording last night, I was right until quarter to three. I still didn't get a feature done that I was supposed to. I'm really sorry, RXM guys. It's still not done, but you'll have it tomorrow, I promise. Um, so I uh, I got my usual four hours sleep that I've been on all week. Uh, got up early, nine o'clock, because it's funny, on the first day of the show floor, starts at midday, because you've got the Nintendo conference on the Tuesday. Second day, things kick off at ten. And today it kicked off at nine. Um, so I went there for nine. Uh, I had an appointment with uh, Codemasters. Didn't start till 9.30. So I was like, ah, I could have done that feature. But never mind. Uh, I saw Formula One. It's looking very good, as uh, as most people would expect, really, because the last Formula One was good. And, well, they've got a few changes to put in. Um, new rule sets, obviously, new cars and whatnot. A couple of new tracks. But... Uh, yeah, more of the same great racing action mm-hmm. and some very positive changes like menu systems and a few like nerdy features. I, I don't want to get bogged down in it because I know I'm a big F1 fan, but I don't think you are, Mike. And probably I watch, won't I make watch the... F1, but I don't invest in it the same way you do. No, like I was asking like proper hardcore questions about curs and DRS zones, whether or not they wanted to fix DRS activation zones and stuff. Probably not the best podcast material right now um so from codemasters i went straight over to thq um saw saints row bit of a demo i saw in london but i also saw um so we had uh, saints row in the office yesterday just showing it to uh to to tim just watching the video of the show floor presentation and i don't think i've ever heard tim laugh so long and as loud you know what i'm gonna say it man forget (laughs) gta this is a saints row world now that game looks incredible it does everything it's got driving with like this kind of burnout handling model it's got an engine which just yeah yeah no he belts along when you're, if you're flying over the city in a jet remember it like you know the gta can't handle planes you've got n- <laughs> wrestling moves upon wrestling moves upon wrestling moves you can just pull you can just pull out on like passing civilians leap through the air give him a give him a quick rko leap through the air just whack him in the t- testicles give him a flying elbow drop you've got the best guns ever You've got the best melee weapons ever. You've got the best character creator you've ever seen in the game. This is a game... I'm so glad Volition exists. I'm so glad they exist yeah. to make stuff like this. Because if they weren't making this, we I think we'd be stuck with you know grim, dark prototype, you know, c- kind of shitty, unchar- um, not Uncharted, in- what's the um, infamous and very serious but very good GTA. It's so good that you got a company making a very, very good game. That's so, so Yeah, it sounds... Bad. 
it sounds like um, you guys saw the open world portion. Did it? Did uh, the video contain like the manipult, the the big the vehicle with Special the big game. cannon on Super top? Fun man cannon. S- yes. Yeah, we uh, we saw that. Yeah, where you suck people. Yeah, suck people out. Fire. You can actually jump in yourself they and get that, fired and away. They've even got a parachute, a, a GTA uh, you, San Andreas style you, parachute. Did you see the campaign mission where you're on a private jet? No. Okay, we saw that behind uh, closed doors. We actually saw it upstairs on the THQ booth um, in a private jet, or pretty much it was like the the main body of a private jet. That I think they shipped in parts from like a 747 or something. So we had all the proper stuff up the top with, uh, you know, the reading lights and whatnot. It was kind of cool. Um, thankfully, not airplane seats. It was nice leather seats. Um, yeah, I... It's funny, I, I wrote the preview because I, I was privileged enough to see the demo, uh, the open world part, and a different campaign mission. Uh, Let's say you were privileged enough, Pellet. They were privileged privileged to have you there. <laughs> That's what you say. Um, so I saw, yeah, yeah, I, I wanted to be <laughs> honest. Uh, so I saw that in London a few weeks ago. So I've already written my preview. It's in the issue that I think we send to yeah. print next yeah. week. Um I, you know, I'm not spoiling anything to say. I gave it a five out of five on the anticipometer because I was so impressed by it. It's a must buy already. I'm, I'm convinced that'll be the case when it comes to the, comes to the launch because they're just doing everything right. I mean, the driving is burnout driving. I think I came back to you from that event saying, "Dude, they've got burnout." For yeah, the, the camera it's drops. Like the camera drops part. low, right behind the car. The photo, you know, the point of focus changes, and it just feels super fast. He's drifting around corners. Well, if you hit both accelerate and brake at the same time, you can do that spin on the spot thing from Paradise. It looks great. Yeah, it, it does indeed. So from there, I had a couple of interviews for like WWE and uh, and Metro. Uh, after that, I went over to Warner Brothers. I uh, had an interview for Batman. I played Batman, which, to be honest, it plays exactly as you'd imagine um no surprise yeah, it's think, just consistently good right yeah played a bit of catwoman as well went like saw behind closed doors with, with the catwoman gameplay uh, it's very similar um obviously it's not like they've cre- created a whole new model like she doesn't have the stun cape no but like she has like alternative items and weapons and whatnot so it's so it's yeah it's, it's familiar territory she can climb along walls and stuff but <laughs> Batman can like cling on to walls in so many places. Again, that that's not too far removed from what you do as Batman. Uh, the Catwoman stuff makes up about ten percent of the game. Um, eventually, well, I don't. Yeah, I do know this for for sure. Eventually, you'll have the opportunity to change back to her at will because there are certain items that only Catwoman can get. Uh-huh. Um, it was it was basically explained to us as you plays Catwoman at a certain point or at certain points. Yeah, well, she's got to be abducted at some point and bailed out by Batman, as we've seen in the demo, so... Yeah. Um, so, it's when the story dictates, but I said to said to Dax, who I was interviewing, who we've interviewed before in the magazine, um, well, surely if you told me that there are items only Catwoman can get, it makes no sense to lock them off permanently if players don't get them first time around. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, you should be a games producer, maybe. Uh, like, give me the old knowing, uh, not you know, the wink and the the nod. So, um, so yeah, that that looks cool. Uh, played it, and and like I say, I mean, it's it's Arkham Asylum all over again in a big open city. It's very very exciting. Uh, but at that point in time, I was like, you know what? I made a big claim yesterday. I said Skyrim was the game of the show. By that point in time, I still believed it. Um, 
and do I or do I not now? Well, we'll get to that a bit later. Um, I also played Gotham City Imposters. Mm-hmm. Kind of shitty, I hear. hell of a lot. Sorry? Kind of shitty, I hear. I disagree. Okay. I absolutely disagree. I had fun with it. Right. Um, I hear it's a little so bit like Shadow Run. Yeah, but I think it... Yeah, that's okay. I, I, mean, I mean, we like Shadow Run. Shadow Run was a good game. It's a good game blighted by one problem. Nobody played it. Yeah, well, this, I mean, this is XBLA for starters. It's a much lower price it's point. It's a perfect place so for it. A great developer, a perfect place for it. But hey, you know, like I said, the reaction on the list. show floor has been mixed. You reckon it's really good? I've heard from a few other people it's a little bit shitty. What do you reckon? I, th- I think it's decent. I mean, it, uh, bear in mind, like, Shadowrun was like, what's Shadowrun for most people? It's nothing. This is a Batman game. Yeah. Albeit Batman's not in it, but this is a Batman game with Warner money behind it and a cheap price point. Like, this isn't going to suffer like Shadowrun did, where it's this kind of, what is it game? Well, it's, it's really just an online game, but, and you can play against PC players as well, which is cool, but then that's intimidating because what if they're better than you? This is very simple to, to understand. Um, you've got different character classes, obviously, that you can... You can um, can pick, and each one has special items. I I was loving. Oh, I've got it on my notes somewhere. I don't have them to hand though. I think it might have been the assault class, mm-hmm. uh, where you have the grapple gun. Everyone's got a special item, and so I'm pretty sure it is. So the assault class has a grapple gun, and you can basically look at any um, any surface in the world. Just press LB, uh, press the left bumper, and then you shoot the grappling hook, and then you're use your zip straight to that surface and then you can hold it in and to stick to that surface or drop down to carry on the level so what you find is people like propelling themselves over levels with with a grappling hook um you've got some people who have a glide ability um every obviously every class has different weapons and it's this nice to and fro gameplay where people are trying to score points um i, th- I think it works really well to be honest yeah. i mean it's not the most technically competent shooter of all time, but it doesn't need to be. It just needs to be immediate, fun, kind of kooky, given the subject material. And I think on all those grounds, it really works. Good. Um, so, yeah, thumbs up for me for that one. Uh, straight from that, I went to one of the biggest ones of all, certainly as far as Xbox World is concerned, and that's Hitman. Yeah, and for, um, I think, a lot of our readers too. There's there's a typo in the name. Um it's not a hitman. Uh, it's Batman. Okay. The level that the level that I saw, you could have put Batman in it and changed the police to guards, and it would have you, you would have believed it was pretty much a level <laughs> taken from, from Arkham Asylum. It was so similar. Like you were creeping around, um, locking to cover while m- moving along. Because mm-hmm. um, it's a library as well. You begin in the library, right? Yeah stealth takedowns it was pretty much one for one what you get in a batman game okay minus the glide ability and that stuff but even like to the point where you jump up to the ledges shimmy across grab someone standing above you and pull him down down a hole so he you know dies at the bottom if yeah it's so similar i'm it looked really impressive it wasn't the hitman we know and love but i'm i'm certainly at this point in time, I'm not complaining because I've been told like there are there are still the open. Well, as I say, well, the, if, you know, what like I, I understand about this uh, demo is that it is essentially the the Hitman equivalent 
of Death of a Showman from the uh, from the previous game, which is yeah. to say, it's essentially the most linear level in the game and the slimmest level in the game. You get, you get to make a lot of choices. You kind of you're kind of locked into just doing what you're told. Yeah, they they said that they said that there are choices, and I didn't see an awful lot. No. Um, but, I mean, this is um like even in the, this demo, so you... in this, even in this demo, you can you can take disguises, you can like get into a cop's outfit, and you can disguise your way out. You can sneak your way out. You can well, you have out. to, as far as I can tell. Right. Um, then you then you, then you like grab. Go on. I was just saying, like you find like power cord. You start off weaponless. So you grab a power cord, and then you use that as the fiber wire. You choke someone down. Um, you know what? It yes, it was very linear. It's not the it's not the traditional Hitman game. That yeah, but come on, could, a traditional, could you release a traditional Hitman game today? No, no. Well, no, no. You can with certain amendments. Um, the thing about Hitman which they, is, which were showcased the, in the linear level. As the guys said in their um, Edge cover story, which is on shelves right now, they um, they said like you know most people playing Hitman, regular people, they feel like shitty hitmen when they play hitman they don't feel competent they they, they yeah. muddle around maybe on the eighth run through of that map they feel pretty good but you know as well as i do it's like even when you know what you're doing like you and i the first 10 times you play that map you're gonna be guessing you're gonna be muddling just going from um from yeah you're going from exclamation marks to exclamation marks to see what's there what they've done with this game is they've tried to sell it to a lot more people and that makes sense because you couldn't make blood money with absolution's budget and expect, no, and expect to make no. it back. You just couldn't. They want to broaden the appeal. No. Now, it is worth pointing out, This these guys say you can go through the entire game using only disguises to sneak through. From level one to the last level, you can just get through using disguises, apart from this tutorial level that they're showing at E3. Uh, you can go through the whole game using only disguises. Or you can go through the whole game hiding in crowds and behind things and in shadow. Or... You can go through the entire game shooting your way through, and it'll be like Kane and Lynch, and you can just be machine gunning guys and shooting them at point blank range. And what you've got is three really interesting ways to play, which didn't exist in Hitman before. Yeah. There was only one interesting way to play, and that was being disguised and sneaking around. The stealth, well, yeah, with the Heidi stealth, the traditional shadow and, and the shadows in the light and hiding behind stuff, shell stealth, that would have, didn't work very well. That wasn't very good. It was very binary, very simple. Uh, the combat, everybody knows, Hitman is not a shooter, like previous Hitmans. Well, mm. the new one is. If you want to play it that way, the new one is. And all they've done is they've just given the, the game, like, you know, players who don't, wouldn't ever pick up a Hitman game, the tools that, if they get stuck, they can go, all right, it's time to whip out the guns. And it will still feel good. It won't feel wrong to whip out the guns. And that, to me, I think, is a, is a real smart move. No, I, 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 I absolutely concur. I mean, you will have open levels where you can, you can make more you know more choices how you approach this, the levels this one was very linear very scripted mm-hmm. very set piece driven um but in a like even like the detective vision which you think about hang on detective vision in hitman like, it's not the end of the world i mean geez if you if you hate it that much you don't have to use it in fact i think you can switch it off and it's um also um, it's limited as well isn't it so you've only got so you've only got so much yeah so uh, you know i I was encouraged, absolutely. I, it, it looks great. The engine, you know, it, it is doing some some brilliant things. The amount of people on the screen at, at one point was super impressive. Uh, like massive crowds at one point. 
just before that was like a massive crowd of police and armed police that you had to to move through while in disguise which is obviously quite quite scary you know you, you're always thinking you get, you're gonna get found out mm-hmm. uh, it's funny like this this first level have had it all it was you know you're stealthing around uh, there, there's an action piece where you're chased by a helicopter over rooftops there's definitely some comedy in there mm-hmm. um those guys it, have got a good sense of humor man the hitman games have always been funny yeah so uh so no i i was very pleased i it's like in 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 hip, hitman's past even blood money if you're sneaking up behind someone, you've got the fibre wire out. He uh, looks really creepy and weird, he, right? He sort of does this little weird squat thing well, and he, he minces does. forward. He does. But like you, you press LT and then you do the whole thing where you reach out with both arms, you stretch to grot them. But you might be a little bit too far away, so you're doing it into thin air and then like you step forward, you're still doing it, and then eventually you catch onto the play to the to the person. So like, it's like your fourth attempt at grotting someone, you actually do it. Well now when you start sneaking behind someone, a prompt will come up on the screen, like press Y button. To, to kill him or it might be like press y to kill him and press like and press b to subdue them and that you, on face value you, you look at that and say oh it's dumbed down no it's not dumbed down it it's just a system that doesn't fail yeah it's the exactly the same interaction fail. really you're still just pressing a button it's just this time it's yeah. an automatic takedown so um no hitman very positive from hitman i went over to fable Fable of the Journey. Oh, God. Uh, and I got to meet Peter Molyneux and got a long, long chat with Peter Molyneux. Um, to be honest, what we saw was pre- it was the stage demo with a tiny bit more beforehand. Um, <laughs> I almost burst out with laughter during the presentation when Peter started talking about the horse. Because what he said about the horse was what he said about the dog in Fable. Oh, no. It's like you have to nurture it. You love it. You form a bond with your horse. You, But if you want to go through the game fast, you can get out a whip and you can whip your horse. But then its, it's coat will stop being so shiny. It will start getting thinner. <laughs> and, and it was just... <laughs> Every game now, it feels like there's 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 an oh, animal. Oh, I just wish you'd stop like making if... Fable games, for God's sakes. And, and uh, I almost chuckled. I, I stifled the laugh. Um, it was a really interesting chat. Fable the Journey isn't on rails. In fact, he made it before we left the room. He made us sign a wall, the wall with a marker pen. And above our signatures, it said it's not on rails. Like you, you can choose where you go. He said he wanted to take that out of the demo because he didn't want to have to go through the explanation of how movement works on stage because there's not a lot lot of time um on stage he wanted it to be snappy um so he he also claimed it's as open a game as the first fable was in terms of movement and everything so how do you navigate the world do you you run turn and run on the spot and so on no not quite that but there's a it's kind of like pointing to the direction you want to go okay and some some leaning to look around corners and stuff. Uh, we didn't tellingly, we didn't see that either behind closed doors. Um, but he said also you can play it sitting down. You can play it slouched back in your chair. Um, Apparently one of the big things that the um, Kinect tech guys are working on right now is better implementation for sitting down. 
they, they, okay. they basically acknowledged, from what we're hearing after Sheffield, the Kinect guys have kind of acknowledged that it doesn't work as well as it should sitting down because uh, Kinect essentially t- takes a lot of educated guesses. It's always taking educated guesses about things like where your knees are when it's behind something, you know, where where your hips are when it's behind something. Of course, when you sit down, your hips vanish behind your knees. And it's just going to get better yeah. at recognizing what a sitting person looks like. So that if, if it loses yeah. your hips and your knees are up too high, it will just realize like, oh, it's not a, it's not a really short standing person. It's a, it's a, it's a person sitting down. It's not. Yeah, it's not Warwick Davis. It's uh Oh, so offensive. What you got against Warwick Davis? Oh, we were chatting about him earlier because I watched a video with him and Carl Pilkington. It made me laugh. Um, I like Warwick Davis. Oh, I like Willow. It's, 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 it's outrageous. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so from that, I went to see um, a couple of 505 games. Funny enough, I saw a game called Blackwater, which was like Time Crisis. Okay. Uh, with Kinect, obviously. It was kind of cool, you know. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, wasn't amazing. But no, no, but I mean... <laughs> What it was, it was doing stuff with Connect that no one else was really trying, like to make a, a proper Time Crisis style game. Uh, is it like a super polished, super, you know, great shooter? No, I don't think it is. But it's for the first wave of light gun games. It's it's interesting. I want to I want to give it a go myself. Sadly, I didn't get the opportunity to. Uh, I went back to Microsoft um, for Halo. Ah, not four, yes, not sadly, but Combat Evolved Anniversary. So uh, it wasn't hands-on; they were playing it in front of you, right? The, yeah, they were. They were playing it in front of us and showed us a video of like some of the terminal stuff you can get because they put terminals well, through the I game. Can I ask? I've got a question. Tell the story. How did it? Because we understand the engine is basically the original Halo running just as it did yep. with a new layer a yep. new engine actually on top which is painting it in real time basically yeah. making the world pretty yeah. in real time you can turn that that's ex- yeah but that's exactly what they told the us the... work if if they haven't altered the original game i guess they would have written that in the in the original code um to exist in that game world uh-huh. Um, but yeah, basically the the new visuals are a separate visual engine running over the top of old Fable, Fable Halo. God, too many uh, first party games I've I've been talking about today. Um, yeah, so so it isn't going to play like Reach, at least not in single player. In multiplayer, it uses the Reach engine. Not only does it use the Reach uh, engine, it comes with a code, so you can actually download all of those maps for Reach. Uh, oh well, they told us that it was um, on the disc. The multiplayer was, was apparently separate. it's on the disc as well. But you'll be able to be with the game. With what we're hearing is it will come with a, a download code, so you'll be able to actually add those maps to your Halo Reach hopper and just play them out of Halo Reach. Uh, okay, okay. Um, and there's going to be a firefight map, just the one. Yeah. Um, didn't say what it was going to be, but they said it's there. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, what can I say? It's, it's Halo. Uh, it, it still kind of looks good in its old graphics. It obviously looks brilliant in the new Reach engine. Yeah. And uh, is there like I mean, any kind of, the... of like cognitive disconnect between the way the characters are moving and fighting and the way they look now? Uh, to be honest, they didn't really give us the opportunity to make that judgment because they were so busy switching between the two. 
you couldn't sit down and appreciate what it looked like in the new engine. Right. Like, oh, look, this is what it the old style. This is what it looked the new style. Um, so I, I, I can't really answer that if I if I'm being perfectly honest, which is a shame. Uh, but we're going to see it a lot more in the future. We're going to see it in the next few months, and we'll be writing more on it anyway. Um, from that, I went over to Two uh, K's booth. Uh, and there I saw their three games, um, Darkness 2. Uh, well, rather, actually, I had an interview that, for the Darkness 2. Um, I saw XCOM, and I had an interview for XCOM. So how's XCOM looking? Because it's it's vanished for a year, and we've had a lot of word of, um, of shall we say, development problems along the way. What have we, uh, yeah, what have we got was, in the end? I was massively sceptical going into XCOM. Uh, a lot of people obviously were down on it before. Um, everything pointed towards it being a problem game. I think it's, you know, what I walked out that com- uh, out of that presentation, pretty convinced that it that it's going to turn out good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was. Like, they've got the whole sixties vibe down to a T. Um, uh, obviously, it's been headed up by Jordan Thomas, who I fully trust to make a great game. He's, a, he's, a, he's an amazing game designer. He's a guy who was heading up Bioshock 2. He also made the best level in uh, Thief Deadly Shadows. Uh, and, of course, the sound of Cohen level in, in the first Bioshock as well. He's a guy with a lot of pedigree. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to make good games. Uh, and he gave a very good presentation. He talked us through about half hour of the game. Uh, whereby you, you can pick what missions you go on. You recruit a team in... Uh, it felt kind of Fallout-y in many ways, like RPG elements. Uh, you start off in this... Well, you're in this underground base. Well, when we start the demo, you're in this underground base. Uh, you pick a couple of agents to take with you uh, on a mission. You choose what mission you want to go on. In this situation, they picked uh, to go and uh, retrieve a doctor an important doctor. I'm not exactly sure what research he was he was undertaking, but it it seemed to be uh, valuable to your cause. So you go out to some uh, town in uh, I can't remember where it might be Tennessee or Minnesota or somewhere, um, and something's wrong. You 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 land there. You go by jet. There's no one in the town, and then eventually you find bodies and you find a person. Only you realise that the person isn't a person; it's an alien in disguise, and they they run up and they grab you, and then their face like morphs into an alien, but it doesn't just morph; it kind of pulls apart into cubes and reassembles itself. Yeah, and it it felt very much like you know the game better than me, Mike. What is the first boss in Res? Oh god, they've all got very abstract names. I don't know, but I know what you mean. These guys basically break up into polygons, right? They break up into small cubes, into shapes. They're, yeah. They're, they're like almost like this, yeah, this then... bizarre. Because uh, the aliens are, are incredibly alien in a in a very cool way. They're, yeah. they're so unlike what we understand as humans. You know, as anything which is real. You know, as a as a a, a meaty person, as a mammal, that. They're genuinely like you know their alienness becomes frightening. The, the technology is very very alien. The um the race is very very alien. It's almost a shame they've actually kind of bottled out on the aliens because they've gone for something much more humanoid. Originally it was basically these blobs, which would then take human bodies. But now there's they've also got regular like the blobs take physical form as well. Yeah. I mean there are still different ones. So like later on in the demo there are like uh. Uh, I, I guess you call them like 
cubic eels flying through and they can grab someone like they pick someone up and then hold him like through a wall so he was like they carried him halfway through a wall and then pretty much left him there so he's thrown into this wall and then you had one half hanging out the wall uh his back half hanging out the other side of the wall and obviously dead just limply swinging um it's yeah it the surprising thing is, like, people looked at the trailer and they look at the screenshots and they're like, oh, it's a first-person shooter. But it absolutely isn't. It's a tactical game. I mean, it's carrying the XCOM name for a reason. You go in, you've got, like, a, a yeah, tactical man, vision wheel, money. which works which works a little bit like, um, yeah, of, of course, that's a factor as well. But it works a little bit like a Mass Effect's uh, power wheel. So you go into a situation, then you, you basically pause the game and bring up this will, and then you choose like what you want your squad mates to do, like what move you want them to perform, and whether you want to like disrupt the enemy shields or distract them or whatever. And then you can like creep around behind their shields and then destroy their shield generator and take them out that way. Um, it feels like you've, you've got this turn-based option and then in the moments in between you choosing, it plays like a, for 10, 15, 20, 25 seconds, it plays like a first-person shooter, then you go back to doing your turn-based option, and then once that's activated, you then do your little bit of shooting to get ready for the next bit of turn-based you know, uh, combat. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a very odd mix, a jarring mix, but I don't think it's an unpleasant one. I think it could actually come together... Uh, quite nicely in the finished game um you there's a lot of stealing technology and then weighing up whether it's worth investing that like keeping hold of it and then investing it into research points back in your base or whether you just want to use it against the enemy right there right then so you pick up a turret you can put it in your backpack and get the scientists to work on it later and mm-hmm. extract some information or you can put it down when like five guys rush you at once and let it take them out without any effort um yeah, so XCOM walked in thinking it was going to be crap, walked out pleasantly surprised. Okay. Uh, and I walked out of XCOM into Bioshock Infinite. Mm. And Bioshock Infinite is... I said it yesterday with Skyrim, and I'll say it again today. I don't know how they do it with the current generation of technology. It is frightening what they can still do with the 360 and what they can do with the PS3. Um, and you know what? Even what they can do with PCs nowadays, because what we sh- what we saw in the Bioshock Infinite demo, is just unlike anything any other game creator could even imagine, let alone begin to write code for. It's astonishing. You're talking about giant, giant environments in which you've got a ton of people. You've got big monsters flying around. You're zipping everywhere on these roller coaster tracks. You've got spells firing off. You've got guns everywhere. You've got Elizabeth, your companion, switch, you know, bringing things in and out of the time zones. It, it's, it defies explanation at, at times. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were just, they couldn't believe what they were viewing. Now, I said Skyrim was the game of the show yesterday without seeing Batman and um, Bioshock Infinite. My honest opinion is that it still is. Skyrim, for me, is the best game at E3, but it's marginal. I mean, Bioshock Infinite, I mean, 
Irrational are absolutely at the top of their game. There is there is nobody who can touch them at what they do. And Bioshock Infinite is going to be the strongest contender for next year's game of the year already. Yeah. I just I mean if how has the, has the video been released yet of what no, they're showing? No, I think it? it's going to be a week or two before they do that, but they are going to put up the whole demo at some point. Okay, well, I mean, when people see the demo eventually, they'll understand what I'm trying to say, you know, what I've said and what I, what I cannot say. Uh, it needs to be seen to be believed. It really does. I think this is finally um, the year, though, where we look at the, the current technology and we're like, wow, this is amazing, but what could these guys do with a with a proper next-gen system now? What could these guys do? I mean, you're saying, like, because like, a lot of the big games on the show floor were demoed on PC. Bioshock Infinite was a PC demo. It was, you know, it's, there's too much anti-aliasing for it to be anything else. Same with uh, Battlefield. Mm-hmm. And we're at the point now where you're kind of thinking, well, you know, Bioshock Infinite looks great, and it's definitely optimized for uh, for consoles. It will definitely look better still on PC at a higher resolution, higher frame rate. It'll look great. But, man, wouldn't it be nice if we could just get a little bit of extra power, if we could have that PC power for everywhere. You know, everyone has that PC power, and then, and then imagine what they could do then. Oh, yes. Um, and that was pretty much my E3 uh, with... with... Ending with one of the best games on the show. Technically, I actually did see something else after, but I'm sadly NDA'd up. Um, so we You're can't talk NDA'd about for it. Like another eight hours, aren't you? <laughs> Unfortunately, so yeah. But uh, hey, we want to get this podcast out. We'll talk about it next week or the week after when we do our next podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was genuinely sad and quite upset when I was going down the escalator, leaving the hall for the last time. I. Uh, you know, you hear these stories about EA being, you know, from our point of view, from a rise point of view, being absolutely you know, crazy, you rushed off your feet, you never got a chance to breathe, uh, it's unpleasant, you've got to push through people left, right and centre, uh, it's just a real stressful time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't feel the stress, I absolutely felt rushed, but in the best possible way. Yeah. I mean, my, my it is all my of those things. Show it, it is all was... of those negative things. You do eat very badly the whole show. It does often smell. It is very crowded. But I wouldn't miss an E3. You know, if any chance I get, you get to go to an E3. It's just such a great ride. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I was eating my my entire food intake for throughout the whole of E3. Um, show floor hours was just getting an energy bar out of my bag and munching it as I was running to another demo. Yeah. Um, but not, you get why I said healthy. to a saint before you went away that if you can organise all of your um, appointments at one hall on one day and all of your appointments at one hall on another day, your life will be so much easier. Yeah, well, uh, two things I would say to that. One, I only went to the West Hall once. Oh, really? And that was for Bethesda. The, in the West Hall, there was Bethesda, there was Capcom that I didn't actually bother going to. Um, well, we saw most of the Capcom uh, stuff thanks don't... to the Miami event a couple of uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah, and then a couple of Capcom games were like the main ones were on the Microsoft booth anyway, uh, and yeah, they weren't that well received. Any of them, like the the best thing there, I think they had was Azura's Wrath, uh, and the only other things at the West Hall of note were Nintendo and Sony, which obviously aren't of interest to us. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty much like in the middle of the concourse to the South Hall. But even when I did the one time I did rush between the South Hall and the West Hall, I didn't think it was that bad. I think Gamescom is worse for getting around. I think E3 was 
a lot more relaxing. Um, I don't know about that, man. I, I, I love the not... Gamescom, the two, the two major halls, where it's four halls and they're all like within 50 feet of one another. Do you think? Yeah. I still think it's a bit of a trek in in some ways. I don't know. I I I went in expecting worse than I found. I found it quite workable. I found the situation quite all right. Um, E3 is just the best time. I mean, it really is. I'm not going to harp on about what an amazing time I had because I did wipe my ass off and I was right until th- uh, half two one night, quarter to three last night. Oh, Carl, you're this, doing it wrong. Last year I was like drinking till four in the morning. Yeah, well, I, well, I was out drinking tonight and then I realised, crap, we've got the podcast, so I'm, I'm back now. Yep. It's now 2 a.m. for me. After this, I'm going to have to do a little bit of work because uh-huh. uh, I, I didn't really do any before, you know, between the end of the show and going out. Um, but it's just a great great time good access with everyone um some of the people attending e3 i don't know how they've managed to get in there because they're just chewing up space they clearly <laughs> they clearly don't belong to be there when they're You've asking got no respect for people with no gaming agenda like, no well, like in the middle of uh, of a presentation when one guy pulls out some games and says can you sign my copies please it's like get the frig out of here like seriously sod off we're trying to do our job. Um, oh, but, <laughs> but uh, no, it was an absolute blast. And we've got some brilliant, brilliant content to, to bring back and put in the, the mag. Oh, yes. Basically, everything everything I saw, bar perhaps two things, we chatted to people for. Like After every presentation, I was going up with the dick's phone, chatting to the guys. And we've got the people who made, obviously, Fable, the people who made... Um, Forza, yeah. we've made Halo. We've got all the major and these names. These ain't no bullshit Joe blogs like. blog questions. These are uh, this isn't plebgamer.com you're talking about. This is Xbox World, and we uh we ask proper questions. We ask the sort of questions that only the people who make the games can uh, can answer. Strong questions. So don't big it up too much. You haven't heard some of the weak questions I asked today. <laughs> uh, well, I've been, I mean, um, I've heard, I've, heard uh, I've seen a lot of um. A lot of te- what you get a lot of on the internet is uh, so. Hey, uh, what's the story like? And I'll go, well, the story. This thing happens in the story. I'll go, 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 great. Hey, hey, what's the? Uh, you got a multiplayer mode? I'll be like, uh, yeah, we got a multiplayer mode, and see that ensues. I think what we kind of prefer to do is get that stuff from the press release, and then ask the guys, you know, who made the game, the sort of questions only they can answer. Why they did certain things, what certain things are for, where certain inspirations come from. I think that's most interesting. I think that's what. I mean, yeah, you know, you guys listening to this, you're here to tell us i think that's probably what you're you guys are more interested in hearing about so yeah, yeah no one wants to know how many polygons are in a certain character or oh how many yeah, i always laugh at that. especially this is particularly um prevalent when you go to gamescom where you're, you're always you always have at least one european journal in there and in europe i think possibly yeah. because europe is was much more pc centric than america definitely and uh, and Absolutely. more PC centric than Britain was. Britain's kind of grew up with the ZX Spectrum, the Commodore 64, and they, they over in Europe they they jumped to like PC quite quickly. And there's a very big techie mindset over there. So when you interview in a like a roundtable alongside uh, Germans or you know the Nordic press, you always get a lot of uh, so how many polygons were in this gun? How many uh, how many how many bigger is the save file? How many blocks does the save file take up on the memory stick? That kind of thing. That's uh that's always the um. 
I still was the double take question where you sit, you sit there waiting for your turn while the uh, the developer does a double take and goes, uh, uh, I'll just look into oh, that. Yes. So I think um, back home here, we've all kind of got a, a bigger, better overview of the show than you were able to. Just because on the show floor, you are very blinkered. It's like walking around just with tunnel vision. You know, you only sort of see what's right in front of you. Of course, you see what's yeah, right in front I, of you a I lot clearer than we what... can. I couldn't tell you what, I mean, I literally don't know anything about Vita, for instance. Nothing at all. Because uh, I'm sharing a room with Matt Castle. I've at least, you know, every evening caught out with him, asked him what's happened with the latest Nintendo stuff. He showed me his pictures where he's met Reggie Fizan nice and that, uh, yeah. various other famous, you know, Nintendo people, which is cool. He's got them all on his Street Pass on his 3DS, which he's uh, very excited about. So we've had little chats just to try and catch up. But when you're down on the show floor... You've got literally uh, back-to-back appointments from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. You don't have time to see what else is out there. Right. Uh, in fact, speaking of Matt Castle, here he is. Hello. Interrupting another podcast. Hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you want to tell him your, your funny story that we've made you tell eight times tonight? I'll tell you the best bit of it. What's that? The bit about the... the, the... Tell him to come closer to the microphone. Yeah, Matt, Matt, come Hello. Right, uh, listeners... Um, so Matt Castle has a story that unfortunately the poor guy has told to to everybody pretty much individually because we've That's made okay. him. That's okay. That means he's honed it. I mean, he's refined by this point. Let's just no, hear the professional bits, version. Bits of the anecdote don't work at all. Right. So I'm going to pass it over, Matt. Take my chair. You've got five minutes. <laughs> oh, it won't take five minutes. Oh yes, it will. It's the funniest story ever. Take oh, it away. Yeah. Matt's oversold it now. He's completely ruined. Matt Pellet, as he usual, has. has ruined it. You're about to hear the worst anecdote you've ever heard. Okay. So I was getting a taxi home with this 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 Armenian taxi driver. I won't do the accent because it sounds racist. Don't do the accent. That makes it. It'll be a crude Russian accent. Okay. If if, if you're cool with that. Um. So I'm in this taxi with this this Armenian, and uh, he says to me, he says, "So oh, what what are you doing? He says, oh, what what are you doing here?" And I say, um. I say, oh, I'm here to see uh, E3, see some computer games. And he goes, uh, I know computer games. You know, uh, Armenians, they make the Halo. <laughs> and I say, I say to him, well, I, oh, really? And he, he reaches down to his side and he gets out this leather-bound folder. And inside it, he's got these laminated pieces of card. And on one of these pieces of card that he hands back to me while he's driving through the you know, partition in between the seats has a picture of Alex Seropian on it, you know, that... I don't know if he he didn't create Halo, did he? He worked on yeah, he, did he work on at it. Bungie. Yeah, he he worked on it. So he hands me this picture of Alex Seropian. He's like, this guy, he's Armenian, and this I, I don't know why he had a laminated like biography of Alex Seropian, <laughs> but he did. Did he have like a big and collection of biographies? <laughs> yeah, the folder was full of biographies of like people you didn't know were Armenian but were, <laughs> and he just kept handing them to me. Going, oh, and this guy, he created the mobile phone. And I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, and MIG, you know, the, the MIG fighter plane and X-ray and all this stuff. And he kept saying, do you know who invented this? And I was like, oh, I don't know, what, an Armenian? He's like, yes, Armenian invented this. So that was all very strange. You missed the first part. Oh, the first part's rubbish. No, no, tell the first part as well. When I first got into the cab, he goes, oh, are you English? And I was like, yeah. He says, uh, when I get English man in cab, I like to ask questions. And I said, oh, go on. I said, you know, I thought it'd be like, oh, you know, do you like fish and chips? Have you ever met the Queen? What he actually meant was frickin' trivia. Like, he was going <laughs> to quiz me. And he goes, uh, he goes, who is only member of royal family who cannot speak English? <laughs> I, like, I 
genuinely don't know. And he was like, it is Richard Lionheart. I was like, what am I doing in this cab? <laughs> but anyway, the, the good bit, I'm on the free, we're on the freeway and the exit from the freeway is, is, um, is blocked for road works. And he suddenly, like the mood changes in the cab. And he says, uh, he says, oh no, we have to go to the bad, the bad route or something along those lines. He pulls off down this thing. He said, I really did not want to have to go down here. And I said, oh, why is that then? He said, it is very dangerous. <laughs> and I said, oh, I would thought he was like, you know, taking, you know, taking the mick out of me or whatever. And I said, oh, really dangerous. How? And he says, down here, they kill taxi drivers. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, no. I was like, you know, I still thought he was joking. He was like, down here, they shoot me. I in coma for like four days. <laughs> By this point, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm just like pooping myself. I couldn't be more scared. And he says, if you walk streets around here, you will die. But we, we will be okay as long as we stick to well-lit roads. <laughs> so that's my absolutely terrifying Armenian apologies to any Armenians listening if that was a terrible accent um, yeah so that was that well done Mount Castle thank you for telling your story so there's a little, uh, a little a little bonus anecdote for your readers I'll, I'll leave you uh, with with the, the correct Matthew now so the, the boring Matthew after yeah. that bloody hell there you go bye people bye. won't want me back just want Matt Castle. So yeah, he's, he's, Matt Castle's too good. He is, he's, he's far, far, far too good. So what we've got is the end of the week. We're wrapping up. Winners of E3. You're talking like on the show floor. You're talking a to toss up between Bioshock and uh, you need to turn me down a little bit because I'm echoing. Oh, sorry, Mike. Uh, okay. And uh, Skyrim. Yep. So I think conference-wise. And like I say, while we were able to see all of the conferences, a lot of people are saying, you know, who won, who won this this thing, and who won that thing. I think this is the first year, first year of E3 ever, where nobody won. And nobody lost, and everyone just had a really good show. There weren't a lot of big surprises, but there were a lot of incredibly good games, which demoed very well. I think, I think, I think Nintendo won, but they kind of fumbled the victory. Like... I mean, the fact that they've got stuff like Arkham City now coming out, they've got this great new control scheme and, um, you know, this exciting new tech, they're going high def, uh, you've got this uh, amazing ability to take your game from the TV to, you know, to your your handheld, con- well, your controller, basically, uh, so that you can go up to bed if you want to go to bed and just finish it off for 10 minutes, you can do, oh, that sounded a bit dodgy. Yeah, go to bed, finish uh, yourself um, off. If you need to go have your, you know, do your daily ablutions, you can you can do so while still playing Zelda. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That appeals to me. Um, uh, I, th- I think they had they absolutely had the best lineup of all. The way the very fact that after the you say that, but they had the they same lineup to... as everybody else. They had the exact same no. lineup everybody else. No, they did because no, because... screen. They also had Luigi's Mansion too, which is kind of exciting, and a new Mario game, which is always exciting. But both of those are for no, 3DS. No, but I think like the potential of the new console means that they had much more than just the same lineup as anyone else. But I think the fact that after the console, they ha- after the conference, they then had to like post. Was it on Twitter, Matt? Or yeah, they on had Twitter. to tweet what exactly. Oh, by it the was. way, by the way, just to be clear, this is our new console. Like the that was a, a colossal mistake. Yeah. Um, 
but I still think that they had the best showing. And Matt, you know, Matt's come back every night. I'm not sure, man. I think he, the best showing always always comes down to games, and Nintendo showed a reel. The, the thing that got the biggest cheer was like the reel of games that everybody else was getting. And I'm sure they'll get a nice version of everyone else's games, but it won't be markedly nicer than the Xbox or PS3 version. It's just going to be a version you can take to the bathroom with you, which I think is a very good chance Sony can fudge with a firmware update using the uh, NGP Vita and PS3. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Um, but hey, at least your uh, your Nintendo Wii U won't lose your credit card. Why do they go with the name Wii U? I mean, U would make so much sense. Just Y-U-U. Unless someone else has trademarked it already, I guess. But yeah, Wii Nintendo U is, just, U. Uh, is, a, is a strange, strange... I guess, you know, the Wii is so big, you want to tie the brand to it in some way. But, you know, they built the Wii brand yeah. from scratch, and I'm sure they could have done an equally good job on the U brand. But they're uh, they're going for uh, they're going for a Wii U instead, which sounds sounds like something you say on a hot day. Yeah, yeah, very very true. But I mean, so Nintendo, overall, I would say my Nintendo. I mean, anytime you've shown new hardware, it's always going to be big. I mean, it's always going to be big, unless you're you're Sony and you debut all of your new games for your new hardware like four days before the event and kind of blow your reveal. Yeah, I think, Matt's not into that as well. Yeah, I think that's like, you know, the, the one of the big things of this year's E3, one of the themes has been that everything at the show we knew about, everything, almost without exception. The only yeah. surprise was Star Trek. And we found out about that the morning, I think the Friday before E3 began. That was the only new game that was a big surprise. Otherwise, we knew exactly what was going to be there. We knew many of the new yeah. features that were going to be revealed. These things were all over the internet well in advance. And... It's um, an E3 without surprises, but that didn't necessarily mean it was a bad E3. We went into the event thinking it was the no. uh, the um, going to be one of the best E3s ever. It's definitely not been that, but it has been one of the strangest E3s right. ever, no question. Just the way it's, the way yeah, the demos absolutely. on stage have gone, they've been weird. You know, the, the, a series of Kinect demos, you know, third-party games with Kinect running in them, a series of third-party games with Move running in them. Uh, a new Nintendo machine with just a big long reel of third-party games. All three manufacturers have done the exact same thing, which is they've got the games everyone else has, and then in some of them they yeah. put their own features. For Nintendo, their own features that you can take it around the house with you. You can move it around. You're guaranteed in Batman, you're able to throw the bat around by holding your your thing up and you know aiming with the screen. They will probably do that. Over on Kinect, you've got exclusive motion controls. On Move, you've got exclusive motion controls. But this year is the year all three manufacturers have really depended upon their third parties and their one yeah. gimmick, the one thing their machine does, which nobody else's machine does. You got it spot on. In fact, um, I haven't read it yet, but I saw on CVG just now, a very good friend of ours, Will Porter, who does he's done work for us in the past. Uh, I believe he did our prototype cover way back in the day. Uh, he, you know, he wrote uh, a piece on CVG saying like, who won the conference? Who won E3? Well, he thinks it's the third parties, and I think he absolutely has a case. I think Ubisoft came out with a blinding set of games. Yeah. EA's got a fantastically strong lineup. So have a couple of other publishers. You know. Third party is absolutely dominant. Um, and, you know, you just needed to walk around the show floor to see that. Funnily enough, I think the only major uh, publisher that had a not just, a, you know, a, a weak showing, but a, an absolutely dreadful showing at E3 was uh, was Activision. What about Capcom? They were non-existent. They're over in the far corner 
if you didn't have an appointment, you couldn't see anything other than what they were just showing on Activision the screen. Activision are so confident, though, because the two games they have, they don't need to make appointments for. The two games they have, World of Did Warcraft you... and Call of Duty, everyone's going to buy anyway. And no one really cares that much about the rest of the games that they've got. Did you hear the brilliant story about Bobby Kotick? I hear he got turned away from the EA booth. He did. Yeah. Or rather, he one of his did. assistants did. He, uh, Bobby PAs. Kotick wanted an exclusive look. Basically, if you're yeah. a big enough exec, you can you can pretty much roll by any booth. If Shigeru Miyamoto rolls by your booth and says, hey, can I have a look at Battlefield? Chances are they're going to find time to squeeze him into his own private oh, yeah. session to oh, see absolutely. it. If Warren Spector rolls by Deus Ex Human Revolution and says, I'd love to see that game since I created the first one, they're probably going to let him see it. So when Bobby Kotick rolls yeah, by no, EA's booth, pretty much guaranteed they're going to want to show off the, you know, they're going to let him see the game, except they didn't. Now, they've got a good case no. not to, because A, the Activision and uh, EA are at each other's throats right now. There's big lawsuits going on. They've got no duty to be friendly to one another. It's, uh, they've got two head-to-head competing games this year. I don't think, you know, that's just business. Everybody's got competing games, but they've got a legitimate like grievance with one another. I don't think it's a big surprise that they're not letting one another see one another's games. Um... So looking back very quickly before before I go, um, you know I had a blast as as you guys will no doubt have you know extrapolated from what I've said on on these uh, these podcasts all week. Uh, there were some great great shows. I mean we've got an exciting twelve months coming up. I, mean, I think back uh, to the first day, you know first off saw SSX went out a couple of uh, meetings later. I saw Mass Effect three, one of the highlights for sure. Um, you know Battlefield three. Obviously, Skyrim, which is my game of the show, rubber stamped, that's the one. Uh, but shortly followed by Bioshock Infinite, which is doing things I just couldn't believe any console, any computer can do it in this day and age. Um, XCOM, pleasant surprise. Games like Serious Sam, good fun, pleasant surprise. Sniper Ghost Warrior, playable, <laughs> could be half decent, like genuinely could be decent. They're high. I know for a fact. I was chatting to some of the guys. They're hiring some, not not big names in the sense that we'd immediately know. Say, oh, it's that person from that studio. But important people from big teams. They're getting them in. City Interactive. Uh, it's it's something. There's something really interesting going on. They released Sniper Ghost Warrior. They're almost at two million sales. They have got an influx of cash they never imagined. In a lifetime, they would ever get. Yeah, Sniper Ghost they, Warrior was just the right name, not the right game, but it was the right name and the right box art. At the yeah, right I mean, time. it sounded like a Ubisoft game, right? Yeah. It sounds like Ghost Recon. Um, and you know, people went out and bought it. I'm sure many were disappointed, but they're trying to rectify that with the sequel. They've got CryEngine in. They're getting team member after team member after team member they're going at it and they're not just trying to churn out another one which they could easily have done you know they could have put the same game out there slapped a two on the end got another two million sales perhaps um before people wisened up to what was going on they're trying to make a good go of it and you know what i have you know i wish the guys you know every bit of success i really hope they do it because i would like to play a decent sniper game i really would yeah um Pretty much everyone has something decent to show. I mean, Konami, they've got, albeit old games, you know, they've got Metal Gear pack, they've got a Silent Hill pack coming, some good stuff. Um, Microsoft, obviously, 
you know, Halo 4 was announced. We can't complain. We've had a new Halo announced. But we've got the best Halo of all. It's coming back. And it and it's done with the Reach Visual Engine. Uh, Square Enix, they've got Hitman. They've got Tomb Raider, which, you know, I, I can't fully appreciate how big an effect Tomb Raider had at E3 because I went and saw it two weeks ago. But everyone that I've spoken to classes it as one of their big three of the show because mm-hmm. it was that impressive. And, you know, people at home obviously saw for your shit for yourselves um in the in the keynote what it can do well people saw more behind closed doors and you know what they see is is making them even more excited for that game mm-hmm. it's just a shame that it's not out until autumn next year um and and when you go through publishers publisher after publisher batman um from warner brothers uh 2k you know bioshock and xcom everyone had something good yeah and on that you know on that basis, I think the C3 was really, really yeah. I think you know, I think every there's not a gamer in the world um, who doesn't win out of this one. It's family games, great looking family yeah. games, it's great looking kids games, it's great looking hardcore games, it's great looking games you can just sort of dabble with. It's it's the, it's the year games one. Yeah, and I think the people who who moan who sit back and say, "Oh, it's not good E3." They just they just want the moon on the stick. They want fifty first party exclusives announced like every year, plus new hardware, plus everything. It doesn't happen like that anymore. I mean, the time it takes to make a game, the budget's involved. Uh, you you just cannot get that year in year out. Hardware, you know, new hardware is always going to win. So in that respect, obviously Nintendo had a had a stronger showing out of everyone, which is cool. I mean, both. Both of us, Mike, you know, we're, we're Nintendo gamers as well. We like all games. Um, but there's there's absolutely, there's not just something for everybody this E3. There's a lot of things for everybody this E3. And I don't know, I just don't understand the people, because uh, there are some out there who are saying, well, it's not that great, because it is that great in E3. It's just we knew how good it was going to be, and we can't fully appreciate how good it is because we haven't been surprised by it. We were expecting it to be good. And because it is good, we we sit back and we say, oh, we, we want more. We don't deserve more. We, you know, we should be happy with what, with what we've got. Yeah, what we've got sure. is just by far one of the, the, the best game, games lineups any E3's ever had. There's no, it's short on surprises, but it's long, long, long on big games. We're going to get going. Matt, you got to get off to bed, get a little bit of work done before you do that. I gotta get off to work. I have all. I, oh, I realised in my li- in my pants. <laughs> Lovely. I realised um, in my roundup because I didn't see him because John G from from OXM saw him. Um, Ubisoft as well. I didn't mean to ignore you guys. Far Cry. Far Cry was announced as a surprise. I mean, Brothers in Arms. Um, I mean, we knew about it, but I guess that was a surprise as well. Rayman plays as good as it looks. I went hands on. I can't wait. I mean, who would have thought a two D platformer? could be exciting now yeah like a 2d platformer not called mario i should add um uh, assassins assassins had an incredible showing even driver impressed people you know you'd be one of the best lineups of all of the third parties so uh i just wanted to get that out there i didn't want to just want to stamp on my uh, my nice wrap up my nice conclusion that i was going to do that's that's all matt wanted to do that's we i think we all knew that he's he's an egomaniac it's all about matt i wanted to steal your thunder go and do your nice wrap up okay it's been a really great E3, everybody. 
bye bye i'm sure we'll talk about all this stuff next week um we'll be on the on the podcast uh, the regular podcast which will be recorded in a glorious glorious surround sound and in a room which is covered in foamy bits so that it doesn't echo and doesn't sound all tinny although you know what i think skype's held up admirably throughout the week uh, as has matt's wi-fi at yeah. the bates motel we've um we've had a hell of a week matt's had a, a, the best week ever um i think both of us are absolutely knackered really hope you've appreciated all of these podcasts we really hope you've enjoyed them as ever Pick up the mag next issue. We've got tons and tons of exclusive stuff coming out of this E3 showcase. A great cover story. Oh, man. It's going to be the best year for games ever. E3's proven it, and there's even more to come next year. We'll see you next time, and possibly at E3 next year. Bye-bye. Bye.